with news, commentary, controversy, and information about officiating high school sports, this is Officiating Oklahoma. Now here's your host, Jason Seichel. Hey guys, Jason coming at you again with Officiating Oklahoma. Uh, today's episode, I'm going to have a guest with me. It's actually going to be my little brother. Are you over there? Yes, I'm here. All righty. Uh, it's going to be Adam. We're going to talk about uh, basically his experiences and when he started officiating and everything he's been through and then what we'll go through and just how long he plans on doing this. So, Adam, I'm glad you came out. How's Thank that you. beverage? It's great. Anyway, uh, what we're going to talk about today, a lot of things is we're you know trying to get new officials involved and... Adam's one of those that came along 2007, been doing it for, what, 15 years now? Something so, like that, really close. Rookie season was 2007? Yeah, I did, uh, like, JV and stuff like that. Okay. So, you come out in 2007, what was that experience like? Like, what was your training and, you know, what all did they did you have to go through before you get on the field? Oh, it's really slow at first. Just um, you know, you learn from, of course, having a brother and a dad that has done it before. They kind of you kind of learn that stuff beforehand, anyways. So you just pick up from everything that they've had conversations with and stuff like that. But rookie season, you know, just did a couple JV games some little league stuff like that what about before you got to on field like was there any camps clinics did they have you know special meetings just for you guys or uh yeah dad had a special meeting for me and another rookie that we did a little bit of in-class session for about uh, an hour or so more or less just learn sideline officiating and controlling your sidelines, stuff like that, and uh, really hit on mechanics, you know, how you're supposed to properly move down the sideline and so then you, come out of the field. So you all would have special meetings just for rookie officials, younger, newer, I mean. Whoever was a rookie. Okay. So you'd have those meetings. How often did they have them? I believe we only had two. So your rookie year, they had yeah, two. That was that was about the time that they kind of stopped because they weren't getting any help with. Okay, so they stopped having the rookie meetings. I remember. Um, oh, when I first started, uh, we would have rookie meetings, and the rookie meetings took place um, every week, and. Um, you know, once a week they'd have our regular meeting, and then afterwards you'd have our, your rookie meeting. And to go to that meeting, anybody could go, but for rookies, that was three years of experience or less. So if you were three years or less, you were considered a rookie, and you needed to go to that training. Uh, what about camps, clinics? Uh, you know, um, not. I don't believe I went to any that first year, but the second year I know I went to 
one at Ada at ECU. Oh, at East Central University. Mm-hmm. So I went to that one. Was that more of a college setting, or was there high school? There was several Big Twelve officials there that was helping, um, like to teach. Uh, of course, you know they're not normal and up to speed with our mechanics as they are their seven man mechanics, and I believe it's actually eight man now. So you would go. You went down to Ada for a clinic, and basically you were being instructed or taught by uh, uh, college officials. And I've been to some of those, and they'll talk to you about it, and they'll tell you what they think you should do, and then they would ask you, be like, hey, you know, I know what we do in college, but I'm not real familiar with what you do in high school. There were some scenarios like that, yes. Okay. But they did, you know, they try to teach us to the best of their ability, and they they were very good instructors, but they were not, you know, keened with our mechanics so basically your rookie year you had a couple of special trainings and then when i say special trainings there were just meetings and then you went to your first year you didn't have any clinics no i didn't go to any because i was i was so far i mean i was 18 years old so i gotcha i just did meetings and i went to a uh, couple of those rookie meetings that we had and that dad had put on, which they were about an hour or so of mechanics learning by book. And then we actually went on to a field and then replicated those mechanics on the field. Okay, so you do that, you do that a couple of times, and then they started throwing you out. Little League, JV games, uh, you know, junior high. Do you want me to answer that by our association or by what they actually, what I did for myself? Uh, what everything you did, what you did for yourself. I just basically had um, friends who was the um, referee on y'all's crew at the time give me Little League games, and then I had two JV games from the association. Your first year, that's all you had? Yes. My first one was at Bowlegs. So you only had like two assigned games from the association? Yes. Your rookie year, you only had two assigned games? Yes, but that's also whenever we had like... 58 officials or some crap like that okay i was fixed to say uh, nowadays it seems like and we'll talk about from when i started uh you know i went to every single meeting they had seems like i think if they had seven meetings i was at four or five i went to all the rookie meetings uh i went to i don't know how many clinics went out of state for high school clinics and camps and uh I mean, my first year, and it might be kind of different because, I don't know, I was a little older than you, but, I mean, my first year I had a full JV schedule and I got thrown to the wolves my varsity year and got put on a full a crew full-time. That was your first was, year? Yeah, and mainly that was because a guy got injured and there was a crew that needed one. 
And things are totally different now. Like this season, my crew is looking for uh, two guys. I had two guys quit on me. Uh, one of them, and both of them gave me uh, the reasons behind it were medical reasons. Uh, one of them I'm still trying to figure out because they're still officiating, even though they've supposedly got medical reasons that they can't officiate anymore. <clears throat> um, but the newer officials nowadays, we're bringing them in. There's no rookie meetings anymore. There's no camps that they're going to. And the guys that they do get to speak with or listen to, they're bringing in from out of state or not out of state, from out of our area to talk to us about rule changes and stuff. And these guys are feeding them bad information as far as, you know, preparing themselves for the game. And then we're throwing them out there and giving them 15 to 20 you know, junior high or JV games, they're getting a whole bunch of little league games, and we're throwing them on varsity fields. Yeah, I would. think that right there is one of the reasons, if not a huge reason, why we have such a high turnover rate. That is a very good point. We have that is a very good reason why we have high turnover. High turnover. That and also um, administration from actual schools and not the high level, not superintendents and uh, 80s and stuff like that. It's more of the coaches on how they act on the field and how they present themselves to their st- students, which are their players. Because yeah. football is technically a class in Oklahoma. Well, and I would I would even go a step further with it. I would I would bring the administration in. Like, you know, when you arrive to the facility, you know, early in the week, we'll let the administration know what time we're going to be there. And when we arrive at the field, they're required or their their protocol is they're supposed to meet us, greet us, and take us to our locker room. And you get there. And it throws everything out of whack or out of kink because you're on a time schedule and you're having to walk around and look for site administration just to get you into a locker room. And once you get in there to get dressed, then they're done with you. Pretty much. It's every, everything of my experience has been the same way, except for I'll, I'll say this, is that usually the smaller schools will take care of officials more than what yeah, the big schools yeah, do. Yeah, that's true. But um, let's get back on track. We'll go back to talking about you and your officiating experience. Okay. So you started in 2007. You basically got no schedule for junior high and JV because um, that's you know how that's where you train. That's where you learn. Just like those players on the field, they're learning too, and that's where you're going to do your learning is with those guys. Um. What about the next year, 2008? It's kind of a blur, to be honest. Like, I don't really remember a whole lot of it. Um, Because 2009 is whenever I first started getting a bunch of um, games from the association of only junior high. And I didn't have any varsity games that year. So, three years in is whenever I first started getting... So your third games. year, you started getting some games, yeah. which is we had so many officials still at that time. Yeah, like, and I understand that a lot of associations you don't get hardly any games until you enter you should, into your and fourth you shouldn't. Season. Yeah, yeah. You, you should be learning. You should still be 
learning in that stage until you get to that third or fourth year. Yeah, you should be doing Little League in, you know, seventh grade, eighth grade maybe. So you started in 2007. When did you finally gain access to a full-time position on a crew, on a varsity crew? Uh, holy cow. Um, that was 2000. Starting 2007, I got full time on a crew, and I'm spitballing here, but it would have either been around 12, or uh, nope, no, it was 11, 2011, or 12, right in there. Oh, um, which was the same year, I believe, me and you were on the same crew. How many games you have? Yeah, full schedule. Any crazy experiences? Yes. From your rookie years or anything? Yes, we definitely did in the playoffs. So you make a make it to the playoffs one year. When was this? As it, it would have had to have been, you know, late 2010, 12 or 11, 10 through 12, somewhere in there. So you've been doing it six or seven years, and you get on a crew, and you get to a playoff, and you said something different happened, something funny, crazy. It, it was more of uh, crazy, yes. The first crazy? time I ever had to have uh, be escorted off the field with police, or not field uh, from the locker room to our cars. You were okay. there. You're gonna have to remind me about it. Um. I was there, and the cops had to escort us? I'll say one word. Alexander. Oh, okay. I remember. Okay. Okay. I, I, not, I can't, you know, go on further from from that, but that that's all I'm going to say. Was that the one where I got accused of something? Uh, we all did. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, the game you're talking about, it, it was a... Oh, I, I, and I'll just call it how it is. It was a a team that was had predominantly black players on it against a team that had predominantly white players on and, it, and they had far superior, more talent as well. Like which one? The um the team the that team got with, mad at us. The the uh, team. Okay, just it's the uh, team in Oklahoma City or yes. the other one. Okay, the team in Oklahoma City had far more talent. They yeah. just made. A whole mistakes. bunch of mistakes. Was in this the, red the one zone. when uh, they were down? It wasn't by very much, and they completed a huge pass that was down close to the goal line or something, and they had to bring it back because I called a hold. I don't remember that because there was so much that happened right there. Um, if it's a game, I, I'm I think so. Of, that's what it was, and what it was is uh, the offensive tackle was falling down or something. He had got beat bad, and he takes both of his arms and wraps them around the defensive player that was coming through and tackles him and takes him to the ground. Maybe he was scared. And as soon, yeah. And, and as soon as it happened, I throw my flag out. And, and you know, he's yelling at me saying that I'm racist or whatever it was. But I had no idea what had happened to the play because he, the quarterback thrown the pass behind me and I'm looking in front of me watching the play and the quarterback's under duress, lineman gets through, or a defensive tackle gets through, and then a lineman wraps him up and tackles him. 
And I'm like, oh, this is easy. Everybody in the county saw this one. Hey, I, I've been there. I, I did that my senior year whenever I was playing football. <laughs> Sometimes you're getting beat so bad that you, you just act it. like you're tripping and you, like, grab a hold of them and fall. Yeah, you, you got to do whatever it takes to, to make it happen. But, yeah, I remember I remember that game. Yeah, that was uh, probably the only crazy thing I ever had on my – I think that was probably my second year on a full crew because obviously you have to have so many games on varsity done, you know, yeah. to make playoffs. But so let's go back. If we could go back and do things differently when you first started, what would we do that would make things better for new officials that would help you improve? honest opinion is not put new officials on sideline and say i know that our associations around here do that they throw them to the sideline um some associations don't they refuse to they'll put the guys in the middle of the field and i'm not gonna lie uh you know when i moved to the middle of the field job got a lot easier oh it's yeah it's so it's, much easier yeah it's totally different and no, now I've, that i've moved uh, you know to the referee and i'm wearing a white hat I, I actually hardly do anything now it's the easiest position on the field well maybe back judge well, but you're, back you're, judge and referee have the easiest jobs on the field your job is to sit there and look pretty that's pretty much and call your signs yeah i basically just tell those guys that i'm the liaison between them and the press box that's all i do and that's it you know another thing is you get those new guys and i totally agree with this you look over at the sideline they've got deer in the headlights look there might be a little wetness into their pants where they've maybe peed themselves a little then that also goes with coaches not knowing how to act no they don't I mean, you get on the sideline and you're going out there and you're getting paid a mediocre amount. And a lot of people don't know this. Yeah, a game starts at 7 o'clock and it's done by 9.30 or 10. But the hours that we put involved with it, a lot of times start at like 4 o'clock and we don't get home till midnight. So we've got eight hours put into this and you get like, you know, $100. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, I mean, if that was $10 an hour, it'd be eight. So you're getting like 12 bucks an hour to do this, and you're getting screamed at over checkers. I mean, it's basically, it's a game. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. You're, I you're mean, playing all kinds of different. You don't see the parents going into class during math and screaming at the kids and the teachers for not getting a, you know, a math problem, right? I'm sure some people have seen that. Yeah, it could be, but. <laughs> So, to make things better, you think we could have gone back and instead of starting everybody out on the sideline, put them towards the middle? Um, middle, I probably wouldn't have thrown them directly in the uh, line of umpire, only because they start really people watching there, you know, And <clears throat> but back judge. But then again, you're, you're having to start a rookie off at back judge. So it's it's really hard to teach someone. Yeah, it's almost think, that first. It's almost that first year you kind of like tell them to do. Yeah, you got to think too here in back judge. You only get that on Friday nights. Yeah, that's what and that's what I was talking about. Like then then you're kind of limited on your area. So is there anything else you think we should do different? 
just need more people. Oh, yeah, more people. But how are we going to get them better trained? I mean, we go into the classroom and we sit in there and you have to do that so many times a year and you get to call yourself an official and you take the test. But I think you've got to get on the field more often. You got to take them to passing camps. You got to get them to, you got to get them on the field. Yeah. Field time is definitely a big positive for all that, you know, for them to just learn their position and not, not just their position, but all positions. Just, you learn them all, even referee. Yeah. You, you never know whenever something, somebody might go down, you know, and you got to, who has, who here ha- knows signals you know, to the press box, because it's it's pretty easy. You just got to know those pretty much and communicate with your crew. Yeah, and then you can do like some of those old timers. They'll say, "Oh, if you don't know it, just roll it." Oh gosh, <laughs> just give them the false start signal and tell them to go. Yeah, or just give them some kind of off the wall thing, and they won't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. So getting them on the field, uh, maybe getting them away from the sideline. And then having coaches become human beings would well, probably they, help. Teachers. Coaches need to realize that they are paid teachers to do an extra thing outside of school. Yeah. They are teaching a sport, which, yeah, you're getting paid extra for that. And you might get even more from sponsorship or whatever for your school but you need to realize that we're all humans mistakes are made and every game there's mistakes made yeah and then you know that like i'll tell you 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 coach and practice and you manage during the game and uh, you know a lot of people don't understand this and they think it's cool or whatever but if a coach is yelling and screaming a lot during a game at his players for what they're doing that means he's not teaching them anything during the week in practice and he's trying to coach them during the game and it's too late at that point if they're out there doing making mistakes and they don't know what they're doing it's too late yeah so that- screaming and yelling just brings more attention upon you and then you're showing everybody hey I'm not doing nothing during the week. I'm not getting them prepared. If if that is like a play-involved mistake that he is talking about for his player. Yeah. Now, I mean, he can make – you might have a high-headed player, you know, that might be – he's the coaches are screaming at. But I hardly ever pay attention to that stuff anyways. I'm a umpire, so I'm in the middle of the field. All right, well, we've uh, we've been going – I try to keep these down to around 20, 25 minutes, and we're getting to 23 minutes now, and I don't like to keep people on here too long. But uh, I'm going to bring Adam back for another episode. Maybe we'll talk some more about stories, what he's gone through, and uh, maybe we'll talk about recent rule changes like uh, <clears throat> the stupid – uh, pocket thing that they've brought where a quarterback can run out of the pocket and throw the pass away or they emphasized something on face masks this year on face masks yeah someone had said, uh, said something about face masks this year now, there was a rule change in baseball with the mask no it was football but oh. like it's still people people don't even realize on face mask on 
it's any opening of the helmet including the chin strap and mouthpiece if it's attached to the face mask yeah yeah they can stick their finger in their ear hole and pull their helmet yeah the, the ear hole even the vent holes on top yeah and that's so. another thing too if you know national yeah that's we'll talk about that in another episode okay we'll, we'll go on, on that we'll, we'll go down anyway that you guys uh don't forget you can uh, look it up on anchor fm you can find my podcast there you can leave a message on there a uh, audio message you can also look on facebook um and anywhere else you listen to uh podcasts whether it's apple or um what's that other one uh, I've, starts I've the looked, S or whatever. I've looked, the only one I've ever looked yours up on is on that podcast app on Apple. Yeah, but there, there's a bunch of them. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find me at. Anyway, uh, Adam, appreciate you coming and uh, talking with me today. Gives me uh, something new to do, getting a, uh, a guest on here. But we're going to get you back again. We'll do this all over. And uh, anyway, guys, thanks for listening. I'm going to get out of here. Thanks for listening to Officiating Oklahoma, hosted by 20-year veteran sports official Jason Seichel. Please visit our website at officiatingok.com and be sure to join us soon for another episode of Officiating Oklahoma. Officiating Oklahoma.